0: You're listening to Supporting Siblings, where we share the experiences of our not-so-typical life as a brother and sister of individuals impacted by
1: developmental disabilities. Here are your hosts, Larry and Laura.
2: Hey, what's up, Laura? How are you, sis? (laughs) Good, how
1: are you? I always say, hey,
2: sis.
1: (laughs) Hey, bro. How are you? I don't think you've ever said that to me.
3: Bro. No, no really, I never that, that felt good. <laughs> and
1: of course,
2: sarabi has got to start the second I. Hey, know. hi, Sarabi. As our, get the horse.
1: I need a. I need a. Horse. I need an office.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just I watched a news broadcast with a kid doing somersaults in the background. Someone was broadcasting, and a toddler just comes tearing into the,
1: you know, and it just, uh oh. Welcome to the the new normal. I hate that phrase, but every, we just said everybody's doing these types of meetings. So we're home and anything goes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, we're not going to do too much chit chat today, Laura, because we have a guest. This is cool. It's, yes. Uh, uh, we've been we've been saying that we want to have more guests, and you came up with this awesome idea. And today we have Claire. What's up, Claire? So, Laura, why don't you, uh, Laura, tell us all uh, how you know Claire? This is part one of two. We're doing a two-part um, episode. This is part one with Claire, and she's going to talk about her brothers.
1: Claire uh, graced the presence of our high school halls, but you have to tell me, Claire, when, what year did you graduate?
0: Oh my gosh, two thousand sixteen. Gosh,
1: doesn't <laughs> that feel like forever ago? Now? I just, I these kids come and go out of the halls and. Many of them I'm very fortunate to maintain contact with, and Claire was one of them. Um, I got to know her brother, Nick, very well. Um, Nick was actually in my class for a little while, um, and then he ended up moving classrooms um, into, like down the hall, um, but I still got to see Claire and Nick very often. And then your mom actually moved out of the district, so then um, I didn't get to see Nick very often. but. your mom moved after you graduated. Am I correct? Yes. So like I graduated and we moved right away in August then. Right. Right. So, but Claire, I maintained contact with because she was just one of those kids that, you know, you could tell from the way she carried herself with such great maturity. And she was so involved in her brother's lives Alex, I didn't get to know at all, because by the time mm-hmm. I had moved into the classroom I was in, Alex had already graduated. Um, but I knew who Alex was. And I, you know, um, Claire talks about her brothers very fondly. She's very involved in their lives. Um, and so Claire kind of reminded me of me a little bit <laughs> um, when when I was younger. And I thought, I know exactly where this girl is and how she feels and so we just kind of clicked and have maintained contact and i'm super glad about that so when we decided to do you know larry and i talked and we said you know it's always us yapping um i would like some different perspectives yes new generation this is
2: yeah younger the
1: (laughs) The younger generation younger generation get their input
2: because 2016 Claire, let me tell you, that doesn't sound so old to me, but 87, <laughs> 1987 and 88 are sounding really old. That was closer yeah. than two years yeah, Laura and I graduated. graduated. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. But uh,
1: things were so different then as compared to the way they are now. And what our mm-hmm. brothers experienced, you know, versus what I see happening now in the in the world of education are very different. Um So, you know, I'm really glad to have you on the show. I really, really am because you are an amazing young lady who is how much longer till school is over till college. Hopefully, actually.
0: So I'm on my my first rotation now. My second one was actually canceled due to COVID, of course. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as long as I can find another one in time, I should be graduating in May. Good. Good. Um, I can take my certification as soon as I'm done. So hopefully by end of summer, early fall, I'll be Claire Maliki COTA. That's
2: awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> that that's uh, you're you're in that field of study of OT. But let's go back and why don't you just tell us about your entire family? We'll get a little yes. basis going there. And oh yeah, yeah, tell us uh, you know about all, all your brothers and sisters and just, just about brothers. Claire for a minute. Oh, brothers. <laughs>
1: Oh, sure. I wish I had a sister. Well, I used to say that, too, and there's there's mm-hmm. huge advantages of being the only girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. like, remember, like,
0: thinking that when I was a kid, too, like, oh, I wish I had a sister. Like, I want someone to hang out with so bad. But then as I have gotten older, I hang out with my brother. So it's, yeah. like, cool how I yeah. feel, like, totally different now.
1: Yep, yep. I know. Wow. I, I It's funny. I said that today. We were talking about... Having a sister, and I said, you know, I always wanted a sister when I was younger. And I said, then I realized there were huge advantages to being the only girl. Like you always get your own room.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they
1: never That's wanted good. your stuff, which is right. awesome. <laughs>
2: That's another. Yeah. Okay. No. And they
1: used arms. to bring home really handsome friends. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so that was all fun, but anyway. Yeah, oh so, my goodness! No, she just has to, just Alex and Nick. <laughs> yes alex and so, so tell,
2: tell me a little bit about yeah. them who's the oldest and
0: so alex is the oldest he's 26 now um alex funny because he's very different from nick alex is super talkative very excitable like loves to be around people especially people who are older because he likes to hear about like back like when you guys said like 1980s like Even older than that, like, he's, like, old soul, like, Frank Sinatra is his favorite. (laughs) Super funny. Um, So he actually works at Wegmans part-time, but he usually works, like, four or five days a week, typically.
3: Uh
0: Um, And they're all usually eight-hour shifts, sometimes some half-days, but depends. Um, But he's very social, loves to be around everyone. I'll have him over at my house, and he'll spend the night. And he'll just catch me up on everything and we'll spend so much time just, you know, talking about him. And I don't mind because he's so fun to be around.
2: That's awesome. Fantastic. <laughs>
0: and so I'm in the middle and I'm 23. And then Nick is the youngest. He hates being called Nick. He hates being called or no, he hates being called Nikki and hates being called Nicholas. He likes Nick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's very specific. Um, when we were younger, he actually had selective mutism. so he did not talk to us. He would talk to my mom and that was it. He didn't talk to my dad. He would barely, rarely talk to me and Alex
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, And then I remember there was one year where it was around Christmas time and he asked my dad, like are we going to get a Christmas tree?" And we were all like, what?
3: <gasps> Say that again.
0: <laughs> my mom was literally like, "Say that again," and so she called how, like how everyone in my he? family.
2: How old was oh he? When, gosh, were you when even... that happened? Roughly. I, I mean... don't
0: even remember. I mean, we were probably like he was probably like six or seven, oh, maybe. Wow. Okay.
2: So yeah, so that's was... a long time for him to be silent to come out. So
0: yeah. So he. It was a lot of my childhood where I would be around him but not really talk to him. Yeah. And. I remember when I was a kid and just comparing my home life to other kids. I went to a Catholic school. A lot of the girls that I went to school with were had well off families and, you know, just typical families. And I would go to school and it would be like, Well, why don't your brothers go to school here? And I'm ten years old explaining to other kids, well, they have autism and this is what autism is and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like from such a young age, I learned to advocate for them mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and educate Excellent. people.
0: And I feel like ever since, it just didn't stop.
3: Yeah. Wow.
2: So that being said, when, uh, you said you became their advocate. With, with Lauren, I've talked a lot about that. We even went a little, got a little overprotective, probably crossed the line once or twice, uh, you know, being so protective of them. But
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. did that,
2: did that, um, how did that shape Were you, uh, I mean, looking back now, so you're to, you're about to graduate and and be an occupational Mm -hmm. therapist, correct? Did I, I, am I talking about Hillary now again?
3: No, you're
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not. So correct. Yeah. I got that one right. Right. Okay. Yeah. All (laughs) right. Um, having Nick and Alex growing up, how did that, that shape what you decided to do and, and, and how are going to do the job? If, if any.
0: I remember when I was a kid that we would have a lot of people in the house all the time. Like I remember sitting in the living room and I always thought it was just play because that's what it really is to kids. They're playing and they're learning and they're developing. So I always thought it was fun. And then as I got older, I realized, well, my brothers had these services so they could be more independent and they could learn and grow. And it was just really interesting to me. But I think it kind of just... I was kind of doing OT things without really realizing it. Like, okay, Alex, this is how you do laundry. These are the steps to do laundry. This is how you microwave something. Like, very little things that I never really thought about. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And then when I decided to go to college, I thought I was going to be a Spanish teacher. And I was, like, about halfway through my first semester. Hated everything about it. Yeah. Like, was like, this is not it. So I actually left... I left where I was, and um, my next year, I went to a community college, ECC. Um, I did a lot of gen eds, and then I found the OTA program, and I was like, oh, well, this is, like, exactly what I want. Like, I want to help people be independent. I want to I work with people. I want to be around people. I want to help them.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So once I got in, it was just, like, everything kind of clicked for me. And I felt like when I was in the interviews and stuff and like talking to them and whatever, like my professors, I was like, oh, my God, like this is this is what I want. This is what I've been doing already.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you've Just been doing that in life.
1: Professionally. Professionally. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. We kind of fall into this. Well, A lot gosh, of similarities. I've been doing this my whole life, you know, like I've been doing mm-hmm. this my whole life and I might as well. I, I actually find I really enjoy this and I might as well make a career out of it because I think I'm really good at it too Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I've had so much life experience (laughs) and
0: that's the thing that was so funny about it It was like to me it was just like I was doing what I did like I was just living my life like you said and when my parents got divorced um I kind of stepped up because my dad wasn't really around so my mom and I were doing a lot of I mean I want to say quote unquote parenting but like I really I was helping a lot and yeah I just was doing these things and I just realized like oh my god i this can be my career I, I can help people and sure it really will make a significant impact on them and I just thought that was so cool like when wow. I realized that
1: yeah yeah
2: that's fantastic <laughs> yeah because you, you've lived it and uh, now you get trained professionally and bring your life experience to the table and plus what you were just trained with. But. Um, Laura, you had some, you had a couple of things that we were going to chat about. I don't know if you want to ask the questions or you want me to, I have one here. I'll start with this one. Laura, you know, we, we sent you an email just to think about a few things and we always like to share funny, funny experiences and, and, and things that happened. Do you have one that kind of sticks out that was funny and maybe embarrassing too, or just embarrassing <laughs> or both, whatever.
3: Tell There's us. There's always one There's story. Always. <laughs>
0: I know, I feel like there has to be at least one. Yeah. I, but I really can't remember, like, any specifically. I feel like, to me, they're not, they're just so normal. Yeah. They're, like, normal things. And, like, when I would tell stories, I feel like people are like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, um, I mean, very vaguely from when I was a kid, my younger brother, Nick, always had some kind of behavioral stuff going on. And I remember he would tell my mom, you know, shut up, F you, (laughs) punching holes in the walls. I mean, there has just been a lot of stuff like that, like drawing on the walls, like things like that. I was just like, okay, he does this and it's a thing. And, you know, I deal with it and my mom deals with it and we figure it out. I mean, there's been times where he's like punched her and I mean, just all kinds of, you know, different behavior things that. I'm like, well, it's how he is, and that's just what what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily funny, but I used to be embarrassed to tell people, like, yeah, I close my brother's door before my friends come over because there's holes in the walls, and, sure, you know? And
1: sometimes that's, you know, that kind of leads into, you know, another thing I said to think about is that life is not always rainbows and unicorns, and it isn't always a joyful ride. When you have siblings mm-hmm. that are impacted by disabilities, because it's sometimes downright hard, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was listening to say at 10 years old, you're explaining to people and I understand that. And Larry understands mm-hmm. that because we would, you know, have to explain, I remember, you know, and we've talked about this on the on previous podcast when I, when I met my husband, how I had to explain to him that. You know, I have two brothers, one has seizures, the other one, you know, and is severely cognitively impaired. And then there's John who has autism and he makes a lot of noises and, you know, Mm -hmm. will you know, kind of have some strange behaviors. But, um, you know, they're my brothers and I love them and, you know, Mm -hmm. and and then my husband came into the house for the first time and John started making all kinds of noises, you know, that he makes from his autism. And I didn't think anything of it. And my husband, when we got out in the car, he looked at me and he said, so did your brother have a seizure? And I'm like, geez, I don't know. I didn't see Billy have a seizure, did he? <laughs> oh, he was like, God. well, he started making all these noises and throwing his head Pa-pow, back. And I pow, pow, burst pow. out laughing. <laughs> I it and was... I was like, that wasn't Billy. That was John. I told you he makes noises. Those are just his noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but that's a
3: good classic story. to
1: explain to people before, mm-hmm. you know we bring in a new situation and that sometimes can be as much as it is our life and we've accepted it. It doesn't always mean that it it's easy, you know, and, you never and there's always, you know, usually people, if they like you, they'll like your family and that's, you know, people are generally accepting and understanding, but you do get one or two people that you question, like, "Hmm, are these people, you know, understanding or are they, they look like there's totally spooked right now. (laughs) And like, they just want to run out of my house, you know? Um, so it isn't always an easy thing to live. Mm -hmm. So I I totally understand that and those behaviors and those things that happen, um, to us, you know, and I think that's why we, you know, as they say, birds of a feather flock together and we understand that, you know, we get Mm -hmm. that about one another, like, yeah, I get it. Don't worry. Having a bad day. It's just, it is what it is. But to other people, it's very strange and it's very different, you know? So I totally understand that. And so, you know, it's funny you mention it because like I said, it, that, you know, it isn't always a joyful ride. Mm -hmm. It is very often a joyful ride and you, you learn many, many things from your siblings. Um, but sometimes you're just like, I wish just life would be normal just once or twice. And I remember thinking that,
0: like, as a kid, like, I'm so tired of having to explain Mm -hmm. why I don't want friends over or why things are the way they are and Mm -hmm. why my brother talks to himself in his room, but he's by himself. Yes. Like, it's just not, I was a kid and I'm, I was tired and I still am sometimes, you know, like you said, like, it's not always easy Mm -mm. and there's times where I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I have to tell one more person how they are, how my life is you know,
1: yep. it's like, I'm done. I'm so tired. I know. Wow. I know. And those are not, you know, as the, and I, and I say this, I use this term loosely, but for those of us that, you know, don't have a disability, it's, it's exhausting. It's very mm-hmm. exhausting. And, you know, I was listening to you and I thought, you know, she's, she's, she just reminds me so much about many things that Larry and I did. Yeah, I feel the same up. way
2: now, just listen to Neura talk. So many yeah, similarities. Yeah, like, when yeah. you
1: feel like you're helping parents because your mom mm-hmm. and your, you know, needs help or your dad mm-hmm. needed help or something. And we were always, I think there's a heavier expectation on us um, that, you know, we're expected. We were, Larry and I've talked about these topics before where we were expected to mature and grow up. Um, because Mm -hmm. there was so much going on with John and Bill, or in your case with Alex and Nick, that there was no time for nonsense in your world. (laughs) And And I feel like that's what made me like, like you said, like grow up and
0: mature so quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. 23 and I'm like, I know what I want. I know what I need. I'm not wasting my time anywhere. What matters is my family, their well-being, Right. And that's just it. Like, I'm just not. Here for any kind of like BS or anything. I know. Yeah, I get it. You know, to be it. like super.
2: It does do that? one but yeah. no, no, that's it. You know, <clears throat> things sometimes, uh real life, just uh, the simple joys and and, uh, are become the big things. you Yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. yeah. You don't have to. Um, oh, what's the right word? I don't know. Just you. You're happier with a lot simpler. But I like the no BS. Look, but yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I was going to uh, ask you is, and this was a conversation that Laura and I had, but mostly my wife and I. And I just got back from a vacation. Did you did you vacation all together as a family? Do you, do you have any good stories about it, or ones that where the vacation was not so great? Something went wrong, or you know what? Either way, and there is a reason why I'm asking, just because it affected Laura and I a bit in a way. Mm-hmm. Now, we still had some. But uh, go ahead, Claire. Do you remember? Um,
0: I remember we wouldn't go on vacation a whole lot. To be completely honest, my dad was mostly in charge of the money. And my mom was very much, you know, taking care of us, dinner on the table, very traditional. And my dad would just save money and we wouldn't go anywhere. There was one year where we did go on a cruise ship with my grandparents I was 10 years old, and I thought it was the most amazing thing. And my family had the greatest time. I mean, Alex and Nikki went swimming. They were like, we would spend so much time together. Like, I just remember having so much fun. We went to, like, Puerto Rico. We went to, like, St. Martin and just all these things that I would probably appreciate one more now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, as an adult. And I remember
0: it. everyone having so much fun. And I remember feeling that's, like a kid, like I could spend time with my brothers and just feel like no worries type of thing.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, that's great to hear that. That They have a good mm-hmm. memory because we had a couple that were, I mean, almost tragic with Billy or John, John, almost drowning one time, got out of the house and we don't have to relive all those, but, um, you know, we had our, our, our grandparents and uncles, lived in florida and they they were fantastic but us doing the family thing with everybody we only did it a couple of times and Uh each one Uh had its own challenges let's just say leave it at that and i uh we were just my wife and i were just in florida and and i saw and and we had been talking about it and i'm like you know all the things i'm talking about memories of florida here were with my uncles and not with my families and I know it's tough for, for entire families, especially mm-hmm. with, with one, but, you know, two, two individuals with disabilities makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. And, um,
3: uh-huh.
2: and uh, we, we were just throwing around the idea of having something so that a family could go and have like a, 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 a resort where there was like a dayhab and if things weren't going well that day and, and, and target that. But that was one of the uh, – I was curious. It's good to hear that you had a mm-hmm. great – great one, good memory there. Those
3: are I'm important. such a
0: big person on inclusion too, especially given my career path that I'm on. And I'm like one of those people who watches Shark Tank every night and thinks, oh my God, I have to create something like that. <laughs> and I'm always like on that type of mindset where I'm like, the world just isn't enough for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. This world wasn't made for people with disabilities.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And Sometimes that's really hard for me to accept as well. Yeah. Um, When I think about things like vacations or, you know, my boyfriend and I just moved into our house in November. I'm very lucky. We're very lucky to be where we're at right now. And I just think about things like that I'm doing. And I almost sometimes feel guilty that I'm uh, doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe Alex and Nikki won't get to experience this or if they do, I, I hope they get that same kind of feeling. Like, it's just, like, I try not to get that way because I know it's not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: it's human, though. But
0: just... It's, it's just human exactly. thing. And human. things like that where I'm just, like, oh, I wish... I hope that they get to feel those feelings one day. Yeah. Alex says to me a lot, like, he's so happy for me in Austin and he wants a girlfriend. And yeah. I'm, like, that's uh, another thing. I wish I could help him navigate, but I just...
3: I know yeah. I'm so limited, I, you know, i so limited, you I have,
2: John John has been very direct with me. I've taken John John, I've traveled with him um, several times. We went to California on a trip last year. When I was a tour manager, I took him to Denver with me on, on a short trip. And that is when we're alone and he was he was far away from mom or whatever, that would, he would move right into that area every time. I want a girlfriend. How can he help me get a girlfriend? And- And it's so, uh, my heart aches for John, John and that. So which would tell me, let's talk about that a little bit and how Mm -hmm. it, which of your brothers, um, had mentioned that they wanted to have pursue relationships and, and, and share a little bit about that.
0: So my older brother, Alex, who is 26, um, he, he works. So, I mean, he does get a lot of social interaction other than just the family, which is great, but I think he is more aware than people think also. Mm -hmm. And he kind of sees how I am with Austin. And my mom recently got married, um, I think two years ago almost. So I think he sees that and he's just like, he wants that. I mean, and that's natural. Who wouldn't want to be, you know, in love with someone committed. And I think when he talks about it, I know he talks to my mom about it a lot, but She'll just tell me, like, he wants a girlfriend. He wants, you know, someone to do things with. And I feel the same way, whereas, like, I'm just, I'm like, I wish I could do something. Like, I am that person who wants to help them in every way, but I sometimes have to accept that I can't. Right. Right. And that's hard for me because I'm I like, oh, I just want to help I them. I want <laughs> to
2: try and make their their life as normal and wonderful as possible I I can identify with that feeling right there because you know John's asked me some John John has asked me some very direct questions and you know like literally wanted to find a call girl while we were out in Denver like he was he, he I mean you know he called it a prostitute you know hey Larry can you get me a prostitute And my heart just ached for him. I I just, I mean, you know, we laugh about it now. It was the way he was just, Mm -hmm. he came out with it. Totally caught me off guard. I didn't even know. He kind of knew what that was all about. But, you know, I'm like, I just put my arm on his shoulder. I'm like, John, John, that's not the way to get a girlfriend. You know, I'm like, you know, it's. I'm like, how much money you got? 20 bucks. I'm like, you need way more than that. First (laughs) Oh dear. But it is a difficult thing. And that is one area now, you know, uh, Laura and I watched that uh, Netflix series, not together, but, uh, the, they've, they really did a a phenomenal series on dating and uh, on the spectrum. Um, and, uh, If you
1: ever get a chance, Claire, if you haven't seen it, it's called Love on the Spectrum. Love on the
2: Spectrum, yeah. I've heard of it and I I never watched it. it. It's
1: really good. It makes you realize, like, you know, we talk about, like you said, how this world just really isn't, it's not designed and it isn't prepared to, um, I don't want to say accept, but um, it isn't prepared to um, provide for individuals with disabilities to the extent that they are longing for, for that to happen. For example, dating, you know, everybody, you and I and Larry, and we just kind of, you know, we, we put ourselves out there socially, we met our spouses, we, we had, we were able to have relationships without those hindrances. And when you have, you know, siblings and you see that they can't do those things, but they want them, but they have no idea how to do it appropriately. You know this show. Uh, w- I, this I think it was over in the UK. Am I correct, Larry? That uh, was Australia. Was
2: Australia. Australia. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, why is there nothing like this in the United yes, States?
2: Yes, I, I felt that
1: what? the same why way. There
2: could, there they should not be. Not it's
1: have like, you know, I mean, I've heard that there's some dating apps that are for individuals with disabilities, but it's just not. It's not the same, you know, and it's, but these people were trying to, you know, meet other people that had disabilities and Mm -hmm. find a match. And, you know, it's okay for them to be who they are around someone else and someone else will get, understand or get them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I absolutely can relate to that. And I'm sure if anybody's listening that has siblings and you're hearing this and you're going, Yeah. Yeah, I felt that way. Yes, this is exactly what I've, you know, I've seen my whole life. And you know, like you said, you feel like you want to create something or do something. And I think that is because we see the injustices mm-hmm. and we see the shortcomings of society, and we we go, you know, in our in our own minds, we're like, this has to change. And you know, very often we find ourselves being trailblazers. We
3: You know, we we
1: plow, plow through and try to find something, which is kind of why Larry and I started this podcast. We, through research, really realized that there's tons of support for parents, but nothing for siblings.
2: Yeah, there's there are no, some. There are some, some but very, yes, so very limited, though. Very, very limited. We're this. We're yeah, the only podcast in the United States that's dedicated to siblings. So there yeah. is no other. If, if 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 there is, it's brand new because I watch that all the time. There was one in Canada that went on for a while. That that guy was doing a great job. But um, you know, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Claire, let's talk about. Well, we're going to ask you a couple questions about your future and what you see for your brothers. Uh, down the road, but uh, we are now on Verbal. If you uh, most likely you're listening to us direct on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, but now we are on Verbal. Verbal is a brand new podcast platform. Um, I encourage you to go check that out: vurbl dot com, and uh, follow us over there. We are. Uh, this is a uh, Verbal is a new startup, and they've uh, added a added our podcast to their. Line up of millions of things. They have uh, all kinds of stuff besides podcasts, audio, music, books. They also have uh, even some meditations. So go to V-U-R-B-L, verbal.com and of course, supporting siblings.com. Go over there, chime in, send us, send Laura and I in a message and uh, we will we'll absolutely get back to you, get some comments on the show and any suggestions for other topics, but we'll be right back. Supporting siblings. Yeah. We're back, Claire. Thank you so much. Uh, we were just talking offline, and how we just uh, feel we got a nice conversation going. And um, thank you for doing this and sharing your experiences. And Laura, one of the Laura, one of the things that you had mentioned was and um, just on some dialogue topics were, where do you see your, where would you like to see your brothers in ten years, and yourself for that matter, doing what you're doing as an OT.
0: So for me right now, I'm thinking a lot on, I'm going to graduate in May. I will have my OTA. So I will be an occupational therapy assistant. And I really love what I'm doing. And I think one day I want to further my education and just get my OTR. I would be an occupational therapist. It's a master's degree that I would need. So I would need a little more time, but I'm young. I feel like yeah. I can do it. Absolutely. And it's funny because now that I'm at the point where I'm a bit older and, you know, living on my own, my mom and I talk about, you know, when she's not here one day and what that kind of looks like for us. And it's not a fun conversation. We both end up crying. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I want to establish uh, co-guardianship. Um, probably within the time that I'm working and I can, you know, have enough money to do all the legal stuff that's necessary. But I was actually talking to my mom about um, how we feel about group home placements and all that stuff that we're kind of thinking about right now for the boys. And I told her, I'm like in a perfect world, I would make enough money and they would just stay with me and I would figure it out. But that's not realistic. And you know, as much as I
1: would love that. Yeah. Not realistic. These are really difficult realities that we deal with. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the fact that Larry and I, you know, we're super close as siblings, but we've each built our own lives and, you know, there isn't a day that doesn't go by. We throw each other a text and, but we're, you know, Larry, certainly he has his family and I have my family and, But when it comes to your siblings that are impacted by disabilities, you have to think about your entire life um, Mm -hmm. helping them and taking care of them because they will never be able to build their own life individually. It's going Mm -hmm. to need with oversight. And that's a real difficult reality. And those conversations that you're having with your mom yeah. are super difficult. I mean, I remember I applaud you
2: me. for doing it, uh, Claire, for, for taking yeah. you and your mom doing that ahead of time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Laura, mm-hmm. last
2: year at that conference, a sibling leadership network, that was one of the main topics. And there were some people there that got blindsided with it. And all of a yes. sudden, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there was no planning in mm-hmm. place and um, it becomes very difficult and, you know, yeah.
1: And so for them, the too, for, for yeah, the individuals,
2: absolutely. too, because change
1: is when you're when you sit down with your parents and you pre plan and you, you know, you have those those kinds of things. I mean, I did that with my mother to co-guardianship mm-hmm. so that when something happened to her, I could easily slide into the spot and it still wasn't easy, but it was easier than it would have been had mm-hmm. we not taken those steps. Um, you know, and again, like Larry said, we applaud you for doing it because there are some siblings that are like, no way, not mm-hmm. my problem. And, and I'm not criticizing that because this is not an easy decision to agree to because someday, you know, when you have your own family and you are with your you know, spouse someday and you have children that impacts your family. You know, mm-hmm. no ifs, ands, or buts. And my mom always used to say, and I bet your mom will have said the same thing, I'm so sorry that I have to burden you with this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I used to say, Mom, they're not a burden. They're my brothers. This mm-hmm. is not a burden. This is, I." But and she would say, well, I understand, but I never wanted you to have to be responsible. You know, I never wanted mm-hmm. you and Larry to have to take this responsibility on. She mm-hmm. used to actually pray. And I used to find this horrifying sometimes. She would say, I wish God would take the boys before he took mm. me. Yeah. And I used to get really horrified by that. Because I'd be like, mother, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a well, I'll terrible that. thing to say. Yeah. But as a mom, I understand that, you know, and, 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 I, and I do. I understand where her mindset was with that. But that didn't happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I used to tell her, well, if God decides to do that, then he does. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. And it didn't happen. And John and Billy have survived, both of our parents mm-hmm. being gone. So, you know, these are not easy realities that we face. These are mm-hmm. difficult conversations that we have to have. Because, and my mom literally had a folder that said, in the event. Mm-hmm. And it was all, you know, the guardianship papers and all of that kind of stuff that we hung on to. And I used to get very upset when we would have the conversation, but it had to be had. Yeah. And it's one
0: of those things that her and I have talked about even since I was young and I was looking where I wanted to go to college and my parents were going through a divorce and it was an ugly divorce. And um, my mom would just say, you know, make decisions based on yourself, go do what you want. If you want to go away to school, go. If you don't, don't, it's up to you. Like she would always say that to me and it really would always resonate when I would think about it. Like, I want you to do what you want this isn't up to you it's not your responsibility yeah and that was fine because I didn't need any sort of validation but it's just like in my heart I could not leave them right and <laughs> even still when I think about it now I mean when we were house hunting and stuff I'm like well I don't want to be too far away from them and Mm -hmm. I think about my career and I'm like, if I moved like South, I would make so much more money. And I'm like, but so much more money isn't really worth it to me. It's just, yeah, I need. I just feel like I need to be here Mm -hmm. and I know that it's not actually necessary, but to me, it's just like who I am. You know what I
1: mean? Absolutely. And part of that, part of the process of making their life as good as it's as good as it can be, And whether that is in a group home setting or a supported apartment or however that happens, um, you know, the goal for any agency is to promote independence as much as possible um, within reason and within, you know, safety, within a realm of safety. Um, But, you know, part of that is so that if someday you like, you know, I'm coming up closer and closer, I still have some time, but for retirement. And I know my husband and I have said, there is no way we're staying through a Buffalo winter when we retire.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we are out. Um, and, you know, but that the reality of that is, is that John and Billy will be here, mm-hmm. you know, and and so setting them up into a situation where they can be as well taken care of as possible, affords us that freedom a little bit to say, I'm here if they need me. I can hop on a plane and get back quickly. But at the same token, again, we face as that sibling, like I'm building my life too. And And that's another thing. Like, I feel like I,
0: it's funny because I'm always saying, I don't want kids. Kids are annoying, whatever, (laughs) you know, I actually work with two awesome kiddos who have disabilities. Um, I do respite for a family and they're wonderful. And. I always say, like, I like other people's kids, but, like, I don't want any. <laughs> but um, it's funny because I know that I will want kids one day. And here I am already planning ahead. Like, I know my kids will have a purpose. They'll be here for my brothers if I can't be. And right. no. I want to raise them that way. Like, I'm just one of those people who's like, well, in this circumstance, I would take care of this. And if this happens, this will be taken care. I'm just... So hyper aware of everything, yeah, yeah, and it's hard not to be sometimes, but I still that's something I think I struggle with is separating myself once in a while for self care, mm hmm. Yeah. And it's so hard. That was and one of talk- the
2: things I was just gonna ask like it, the, the times you know, a little while back, we were talking about it's not always great, unicorns, you know, rainbows, it's just some really tough, difficult yeah. times. Did, was there anything in particular that you did to? take care of yourself or cope that you can maybe share, share with, uh, with others that, um, that have siblings as well.
0: What I always do is I make sure that I'm on a good routine. Um, I feel like that's a little bit of my brothers actually rubbing off. Me
3: because
0: They love their routine. <laughs> yep, uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love my routine. I go to bed super early. I get up super early. If I, feel like I need a nap, if I feel like I just want, like, a hot bath, like, if I feel like I need to just cry, I do whatever I feel like I need to do to feel better.
3: Yep. That's good.
0: And even if that's just, like, I have my therapist and I'm calling her and, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, or texting her, whatever I need to do, it's, like, I do it because... I need to take care of myself
1: too. Yeah,
2: self-care, fix your own mask before you put on the child's mask. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. that saying, it says, take care of thee before we, you know? Mm -hmm. And and you have to kind of sometimes remember that you have to take care of yourself because you can't take care of others if you are down. Mm
3: -hmm. And,
1: you know, so it's important to, and that's why, you know, my husband and I have often said, like, we feel like, when we finally hit that wonderful retirement phase, like we'll have worked and raised our family and paid bills and mm-hmm. put people through college and driven kids to practice and taking care <laughs> of siblings and everything else that you could possibly imagine that, you know, if it sounds selfish that we say no Buffalo winter, <laughs> <laughs> out of here, then, then that's okay. We've, we've grown to accept that mm-hmm. that that's going to be okay because it's for us, you know, and we, mm-hmm. when you've done those kinds of things, it's, and that's a real hard, I think, um, because of our family structure and our family dynamics, we, it's hard for us to put ourselves first because mm-hmm. the needs of others came long before our needs sometimes. And I think
0: what it's become too, is when you're raised this way, it's instinct Yep. And what's funny is when I talk about it with my mom when I was a kid and whatever, she would say, like, oh, you used to, you know, help tie your brother's shoe or wipe his face. And she said that she to ask the doctors and the therapists, like, should she be doing this? Is this okay?" Like, yeah, and there was one therapist that told her, you just watch your daughter will go into a role as a caregiver.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She
0: will go into some kind of something where she's helping people. And yeah. I like look back at that and I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It just kind of <laughs> happens. And, you know, Larry has talked about, he's worked at group homes and, you know, mm-hmm. have, has done job coaching. We just kind of gravitate towards those types of roles because we've done it our whole life. And like we said at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show, well, I might as well do this because I'm really good at it and mm-hmm. I've done this my whole life and I get this and I bring in an element that maybe someone else won't. And that's my life experience. And that makes me a little more sensitive and a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. patient and a little bit more nurturing because I get it because I know maybe that morning, this particular family had a really rough morning and you know, mm-hmm. they need like, it's okay. Like we're all right. We can take two steps back and just take a deep breath or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be, you know? So I get that too. It's, you know, really interesting. So I'm going to, I don't, I don't have my, uh, Larry, I don't have a printout either. I don't, I should (laughs) have. Oh,
2: oh, well, you know, I I was just going to, you know, believe it or not, we've like blown through an hour here just about. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Claire, you're just, you're (laughs) so, you're so bubbly and bright and, um and it, I'm I'm excited to see you on Shark Tank a few years with the next <laughs> latest and greatest OT device. I see it coming. Oh, I can't wait! I see it coming. <laughs> That's gonna be clear. But so you graduate yeah. in May, and mm-hmm. uh, you'll be uh, an, an assistant, and you're already kind of looking to stay in that in, in the area there, um, mm-hmm. finding finding some work and. Um, you were right, Laura, a lot of similarities. And, uh, I, 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 I just, you. yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I would
2: just identify with you in a lot. And thank you so much for, for coming on and being on a- anything you want to say to wrap it up, uh, that's on your mind or heart or Laura, or if not, that's okay too. We covered a lot of ground,
0: <laughs> <laughs> covered <laughs> a lot of ground. Yeah. yeah therapy <laughs> I think I just really love what you guys are doing. And I think. It's really easy to think about, you know, whoever's affected by a disability and what they need and whatever the case is, but it's important that we have that support too. Correct. And that's why I just really appreciate what you guys are doing.
2: Oh, well, awesome. We're, uh, we really enjoy
1: it. There's we, we kind of, you know, like, like I said, birds of a feather and we get Mm -hmm. each other and we understand what, different role and the different family structure that we have. And you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. um it has its wonderful, wonderful moments, it has its difficult moments, um, but it has for the most part, it has shaped us directly and indirectly into who we are. And um, when I look back and I think of all of you know the ways that the situations that happened in our family and we talked about maturity and all that kind of stuff that that happened very naturally, um, and quickly for us. And that's an okay thing. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and that makes us better people, you know, more sensitive, more accepting of others, um, and differences and, um, maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of a over defender, as we mentioned, from <laughs> time <to> time. <laughs> you know, um, I kind of got a little, passionate from time to time yeah, <laughs> that's what I like to refer to it as is passion yeah passionate.
2: it's passionate,
1: <laughs> it's <That's>... passionate. <laughs> oh. um, but I love it and I you, you are mm-hmm. you are a very very wonderful sister and I see what you do and I see the things that you do I love the fact that you do normal things with your brothers like have a beer with, with yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Lynn, with, with Alex or, you know, just mm-hmm. do things with your brothers that are very normal. And that's really cool. And I love that you're, you know, your mom is is just a great lady herself and that you guys are all depending on one another and supporting one another. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's that That's it. family is everything. And,
2: and you got it. You're definitely going to have an impact on this world
1: absolutely, uh, with
2: what you've chosen and how you've uh, grown up and wish you all the success. Claire, And uh, come back in a few years after you've been doing this and get us caught up. (laughs) Next year, after you've been in the workforce, hit us up here and let us know what what it's like and how you're doing. Stay in touch with us. Mm -hmm. And don't forget to share... Go to SupportingSiblings.com. Share this with uh, everyone and anyone. We're on every platform uh, right now. We really want to get some followers on the new Verbal format. I like these people. I like what uh, Verbal is all about. So V-U-R-B-L, and you can follow us there and find some other fantastic podcasts. Thanks for listening to Supporting Siblings. And hey, as I always say, do you want to make the world a better place? Commit a random act of kindness to a complete stranger. We'll see you next time.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share your stories and write to us at a not
0: so typical at gmail.com or visit supporting and connect with us on all our socials.